Everybody, welcome to our podcast today. We are uh, set on, of course, educating and motivating people how to live out their faith today. Very interesting topic. Yeah. So we're calling this today, How I Plan to Vote. Yep. Now we're entering the election season mm-hmm. and uh, opportunity in our land to vote. And we're going to talk today about this election and uh, more specifically, how I plan to vote. I'll explain yeah. more about that in just a moment, but I would encourage you to like or subscribe uh, if you have not. And uh, that increases, of course, views. Yeah. And uh, and also make sure to comment. If there's anything there that sticks out here yeah. uh, or you have any thoughts or you have any questions, please comment them. We'll try to get back to you. We will get back to you and answer any questions you have. Yeah, and it just uh, it affects the algorithm, of course, that social yeah. media platforms use. Yeah. And it's all a big plus and bonus. Yep. So with all of that in mind, we are approaching the midterm elections. And we have a powerful responsibility within our land and privilege within our land to vote, mm-hmm. to have a voice into how our country is led, the direction that it takes, the policies and uh, and philosophy in a sense, really. We get to have yeah. a voice in all that. And that's an awesome privilege. Not yep. every uh, nation has that privilege. No. Not all peoples do. And so it should not be something we take for granted. Exactly. Uh, shouldn't be something we dismiss as having no power. You know, my vote doesn't count, all that kind of stuff. The framers of our land uh, developed a system in which the individuals who have the power to speak into the governmental structure and leadership and even participate in that for those that would choose. So as citizens of the United States, it's important that we take that responsibility seriously uh, and with gratitude Mm -hmm. and and then act on that. But... um, as Christians, we are not just citizens of the United States. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. And as citizens of heaven here on earth, we have a responsibility to help shape the culture. Everything that Jesus taught and did um, was was driven toward impacting not just individuals, yeah. but entire families, groups, cultures, nations. And so you can't really read through the Bible too much without coming across this this whole mesh of where God and government go together. Yeah. And so uh, you find that throughout the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. God himself writes about laws and statutes and commandments and ordinances and judges and kings, and they're all part of what he is uh Describing and prescribing. Yeah. Uh, the Bible talks about how God is the one who raises up kings and kingdoms and puts down kings and kingdoms. Uh, we find many significant Bible characters um, interacting with government and using their faith to do so, whether it's Moses or Joseph or the prophets or Jesus or the disciples in the book of Acts. They're all having interactions with the government uh, throughout. It's important that we know how to do the same. Uh, We hear Jesus calling his disciples, thus us, to be salt of the earth and light of the world. Um, Those are are names and identities that call us to interact and affect Uh, the culture. Uh, We hear Jesus calling us to go into all nations with the gospel and make disciples. Those are culture-shaping directives that begin with individuals that begin to play out in families and then ultimately spill over into entire cities, nations as well. Uh, We know from the Bible that Jesus is building his kingdom. Mm -hmm. That notion, that idea, that name, in fact, carries with it 
governmental structure, yeah, you know, a kingdom. A we don't kingdom. have that here in America, but I mean, that's <laughs> right. Very <clears throat> prevalent that there's a king or there's a queen. There is yeah. a ruler and yeah. a governmental system. And he's establishing his yeah. kingdom. So yeah. governmental reign is important to him. Exactly. Um, and then we are told that the, the gates of hell, which is a description for the organized structure and efforts of hell will not prevail against the church. So here are, uh, the governments of heaven and the governments of of uh, evil, uh, and we are told to stand against them. In fact, yeah. uh, we also hear in the New Testament that we are to to pray against principalities and powers. Again, now we're talking about geographical, uh, demonic forces that are arranged in hierarchical fashion, much like a government would be, yeah. um, and they... <clears throat> they work against what God is doing, but God says we have the power to pull down strongholds, mm-hmm. to pray against these principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this yeah. age. Again, those all speak of structure and order and governmental powers. Yeah. So again, you can't <clears throat> you can't read the Bible without finding all of these topics, yeah. without finding God uh, right up in the midst of them. For sure. So. So uh, why would you say people stray away from speaking on these kinds of topics, from speaking on um, how our citizenship here on the earth affects or should affect the other, you know, governmental yeah. leaders? And like, why why do people fear speaking out about that? Why is yeah. there this idea that we we should only submit and only yield everything to those who rule us and we should not have a voice at all? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there's a lot of different, I guess, ways we could answer that. One is you don't really see in the in the New Testament uh, a structure of government like ours today, where we yeah. in the United States have the freedom to speak. Mm-hmm. All the New Testament uh, forms of government that were at play were not allowing freedom of speech as mm-hmm. much, and so of course you're not going to find passages that deal with that because that wasn't the cultural setting. You often find, uh, pray for those who are in authority. Uh, obey obey those who are in authority, which is right and good mm-hmm. to do. Um, but if they had stood up and resisted in their day, that you know might have been the end of yeah, them at exactly. that point. So uh, you find instead encouragement to work within the system that was at play at yeah, the time absolutely. And, and seek to be salt and light in it. Mm-hmm. And even still in that, you see times where Paul does go against the governmental system oh. and he does get thrown into prison. You uh, exactly. And you yeah. see There's, many other examples of that. You find the disciples saying, um, when they were told, you cannot speak the name of Jesus anymore, and they're being told this by governmental leaders, they say, well, we must obey God rather than man. Yeah. So yes, exactly. there are times when that happened, but I, I get it. You know, It's tough because as the church, you, you want to keep your level of influence in the realm you have. And so yeah. if you speak out, you risk possibly losing that. You risk reaction. But Jesus said, in this world, you will yeah. have tribulation and you will be exactly. persecuted. Yeah. So uh, it's not popular necessarily, religiously mm-hmm. popular, church popular to speak out. Um, but we live in a day and time where that it's essential. I'm afraid we have arrived upon this day and time because we did not in the exactly. day and time when we needed to. Exactly. Uh, there's a clear area uh, or a clear uh, clear mandate from Scripture, I believe, to speak out in every area of life. So yeah. we're not to keep our faith compartmentalized. That's what 
is tempting to do for religion to be pulled off into this experience that sits on yeah. the side that doesn't really impact uh, my home. I don't bring it into my home conversation. I don't bring it into my family conversation. I don't bring yeah. it into my work environment. I don't bring it into the cultural expressions. I don't bring it into my other activities. I keep it separate. Well, that's not what we find in the Bible. God calls us to take our life and and we're to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, with yep. every part of who we are, every area of our life. Sure. We don't separate out uh, our marriage, for example, from our faith, but we choose to let our faith shape our marriage. And so we bring uh, prayer into our marriage. We bring discussions about faith into our marriage, and we shape even our our roles as husband and wife and our our practice of how we carry out relationship with forgiveness and understanding and patience. That all comes yeah. from our faith. We let faith shape our marriage. We do the same with parenting. Yep. We don't take parenting and training up our children uh, as a segmented piece away from our faith. Instead, mm-hmm. we let our faith shape how we parent exactly. to parent like God parents us, to raise yeah. our children up in the ways of the Lord, to teach them uh, the statutes and judgments as we find in the Old Testament. Uh, yeah. And then the same when it comes to our uh, the areas of our life that we might think of as our entertainment and you know pastime and free time and hobbies. Those are not segmented away from our faith, but instead we let our faith drive those. Exactly. We let our faith drive what we watch, what we engage with, how we participate in entertainment. That's what Jesus calls us to. Exactly. So when it comes to culture and government, why would that be any different? <laughs> exactly. I'm called to live out my faith into the experience of my voting, mm-hmm. my engagement in the culture, my interaction with government officials. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, to take faith out of any of those other areas of marriage, Mm -hmm. of parenting, of our entertainment or anything like that, to take faith out of that would be disastrous. It would be chaotic. It would be, uh, it would would make that whole area of your life crumble. And so again, I would say to to this area in the culture and in the government, uh, I think the church in general has taken a, backseat stance mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. all of this. And so we see now the product of it yeah. and we are trying to jump back in. We are trying right. to speak back out. And some people aren't trying to do that. And the people right. that aren't, it's just causing more chaos in that area. It's creating yeah. more questions, more confusion. Yeah. And Anytime you take an area of life and you segment faith out of it, yeah. it presents a confusing message to the next generation. Exactly. And I think, again, that's where we are today. We have segmented God out of education, out of yeah. uh, medicine, out of government. Mm-hmm. And so we have a generation today that that is looking to remove God from all parts of life. Yeah, because so, because why not? Yeah. I mean, it's done in that area and that area. So why not this area and this yep, area? Exactly. So uh, the New Testament, of course, encourages us to pray for those who are in authority. First uh, Timothy 2 says, Therefore I exhort, first of all, that all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. So here yeah. we're encouraged to pray for. Mm-hmm. But uh, we know that uh, prayer is should be followed with action. You know, exactly. We can't just say we have faith but have no works. We shouldn't just pray but not have any action that follows. So <clears throat> based on all that, yes, I'm going to pray for my leaders. Mm-hmm. But I want to, and I'm called to, be engaged in the process. If I'm called to vote as a citizen of this land, then I should vote as a citizen of this land and a citizen of the kingdom. 
have to bring both of those to bear into the situation. So um, with all that in mind, we're going to talk today about how I plan to vote. Now, I'll just say up front, let me just uh, remove whatever apprehensions you may have. I'm not here today to endorse any specific candidate. I'm not going to mention a candidate at all by name. I'm not here today to endorse a certain political party. I'm not going to mention any political parties today. But we are going to look at what Scripture says as what are truths that should shape how we live. And so in the same way that we've done with many other topics, whether we're dealing with depression and anxiety or marriage or parenting, what does the Bible say? And now let's act based on that. That's exactly what we're going to do today. Uh, Before we get into that, though, I do want to promote a book that I have picked up recently and read. It's brand new. It's from Tony Evans. Uh, You can find it online. I'm sure it's called Kingdom Politics, Returning God to Government. And man, it's a great book, brand new, very relevant. His, His writings always are. Uh, just on the back, just a couple of things he says. He's going to answer these questions within the book. What is the link between God and government? How do we answer questions about the sanctity of life, the importance of family and social justice? Which political party should we support? Should the church address political issues? How can we appeal for civility and communicate with grace? Wow. Just great resource. Great. Everything I read from Tony awesome. Evans the is bomb. solid. And, yep. and so uh, I'd recommend this along with this subject for today if you're looking for another resource. That's good stuff. Uh, for support in the process, so yeah, for uh, sure. I will. I will also say up front that I recognize that based on things we're going to talk about today, there is not going to be any political candidate who um, may see eye to eye one hundred percent with these mm-hmm. principles and truths from Scripture. Uh, I'm not looking just for that because I recognize that may not be a possibility. So I am looking for those who stand most closely aligned with that and have the best possible option for bringing those things to bear in our land. For sure. So Absolutely. uh, I I recognize uh, people are people, and they have passed, and they're different. Mm -hmm. But if if I have the responsibility as a citizen of the nation, as a citizen of the kingdom, to speak my voice— then I should do so with the best possible uh, outcome in mind that God would lay in front of us based on truth from Scripture. Absolutely. I'm going to keep going back to that today, yeah. based on truth from Scripture. Absolutely. So uh, how am I going to vote uh, in this midterm election? <clears throat> it's going to be based on 10 truths from the Bible. And as, I'm, as I've gone through this and prepared, uh, I started putting it together, and then I recognized, okay, this one fits with, this truth, this one fits with this commandment. Well, this one fits with this commandment. And pretty soon at the end of the day, I recognize, oh my goodness, these 10 ways that should shape how we vote actually come from the 10 commandments in, in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, solidly scripture today is yeah. where we're going from. I'm looking for candidates who stand in line with these as much as possible and have the greatest possible chance of bringing those policies to bear in awesome. our culture. That's great. So, Let's get started. Number one, I'm looking for candidates who will support what the Bible says, and the Bible values life. Uh, The Bible teaches us that God is the creator 
of life. Mm -hmm. He is the one who has created us. We have not created ourselves. We didn't just slime into existence. He is the creator. And if he has created, then it has intention, has purpose. It has his name on it. It has his character attached to it. And so Genesis tells us that we're even made in his image, out of his character, out of his purposes. So we should not destroy life. We should honor life and keep life sacred. God even established laws in the Old Testament that were meant to protect life Mm -hmm. and to punish those who took life. Uh, We also know the Bible's clear that that life begins at conception. Yeah. Not at birth, but at conception. Psalm 139, probably the most commonly used passage to reference this, Um, David writes and he says, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. You uh, knit me together there, basically is what he's saying. He said, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So we value life. The Bible values life and any act to take life uh, is considered murder. So uh, abortion is murder. Yeah. And so I'm looking for candidates who support the sanctity of life, who value that as a position and as their their belief, because yeah. this will shape so much of their other policy decisions. Yes, for sure. And I would say something that uh, I've heard some people, you know, maybe take not offense with, but maybe um, point a finger at is, is people who have a, this as their single issue uh, vote. You know, right. this is their single <clears throat> issue that will sway their direction of voting. And I think that's very, very important because this is the beginning of everything. So yeah. it is, it should be the number one thing that we look at because this right here determines how anything after birth, after conception even right. goes, how they view a human being as either a slave or a, a person with worth, a person yeah. that can right. uh, work for themselves, a person that can uh, fend for themselves, and a, yep. per- a person that's worth, you know, doing things that's in true. his life. That's true. If someone from conception says that's not a life worth living, right. then how can we take anything that they say for? Yeah, it, it, it's a powerful reflection of mm-hmm. someone's worldview. Exactly. That's and, what I was and, gonna uh, say. Whatever they believe about this subject is 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 the picture that shows that. So. Yes. This this is this is an, uh, one of the ways that we should evaluate those we vote for. Yeah. <clears throat> the sixth commandment of the Ten Commandments, of course, is "Thou shalt not murder." Mm-hmm. So, uh, God places a high uh, premium on life, and yes. we should as well. Yeah. And and should uh, seek to stop those who take life. So I'm looking again for candidates that support the sanctity of life. Absolutely. Uh, number two, the other value that I'm looking for when I when I vote is uh, I'm looking for those who value the fact that God has created us as two genders. Uh, the Bible reaffirms this. We know that God created man in his own image. Genesis 1.27 says, in the image of God, he created them male and female. Mm-hmm. This was his design. Whatever God does, he does with intentionality. Yeah. He does with purpose. And so he creates two genders, he says, as a reflection of his purposes, his eternal purposes. So as you read through Scripture, you begin to see more of what this means. Of course, the New Testament goes on and says that 
that a husband and wife are a picture of Jesus and the church. In other words, God and man. He he causes a husband and wife to be the greatest picture on earth of what it looks like for man to relate to God and God to relate to man. And so out of this beautiful picture, we should honor that. We should support that. We should build upon that and look for those who will support that as well, who, sure. who have this belief that this is the basis of our culture. This is the basis of God, of what God has created. Uh, the seventh commandment says, thou shalt not commit adultery. Yes, You shall yeah. not break the established uh, connection mm-hmm. and relation yeah. and covenant between a man and a woman. You shall keep these to genders sacred and keep marriage sacred Mm -hmm. as well and not treat them as trivial, not treat them uh, according to your own wants and wishes and patterns and design, but you seek to serve what God has created them for because there's a purpose for them, Mm -hmm. a beautiful and powerful purpose. Now, uh, in the New Testament, we have a description of what happens to a culture when they begin to devalue, when they begin to walk away from all things sacred. And uh, Romans 1 points to that that period. It gives a description really yep. of kind of a the, the, the sliding downward of a culture that turns against God. In fact, it says when they when they end up worshiping and serving the creature rather than the creator. In other words, when they begin to uh, do what they want to do for themselves and for their own glory and for their own pleasure rather than for the, the, the creator and his pleasure and his purposes. He says that when that happens in Romans 1, it says that their minds become given over. Mm-hmm. They become twisted <clears throat> and they end up exchanging yeah. what has been the pattern of a man and a woman sharing life together and they begin to actually have Women with women and men with men. Yeah. This is all laid out for us in exactly. scripture. And it's, it's not is, just a prediction. It's, yeah. it's, it's a this is prophetic revelation, really, of what happened. It's what has happened in the history of the Bible. <clears throat> it's what yeah. happens whenever um, people are indulgent in their own pleasures as mm-hmm. they look for more and more and more, and it's only more destructive. Yeah. So when I look out today and I read news reports and hear news reports of in, in school settings where they're where preschoolers, kindergartners are being taught about multiple genders, transgender and uh, gender fluidity. And they are told to choose their gender. And we have cast off God's design Mm -hmm. and allowed the, the, a child to choose their gender. Uh, even if it's in rejection of the gender that God has given them, that's troublesome because we're, we're, we're going against the very foundation of God's truth. We're going against the very foundations of what has established our nation. And and we're railing against what is just reality. Yeah. So I'm looking for those who support the biblical yeah. value of two genders. Absolutely. Because again, if, if there is no <clears throat> step towards uh, choosing change, which would be through voting, mm-hmm. then that stuff mm-hmm. will only continue. That stuff will only oh, continue yeah. to grow if there's not a change in leadership if there's not Mm -hmm. a uh, active choice of this is what I'm going for instead of this. This person was in place here and someone else needs to take place now. And there are other actions to take such as going and talking with other people and going to, you know, communicate uh, the truth of two genders and all Mm -hmm. of those things. But I think the practical way for 
us for the nation, even as mm-hmm. even in the state, uh, is in this election cycle is that we go and we vote. You yeah, know, we exactly, exactly. Uh, number three, I'm looking to support those who honor the biblical values of the home, of a, a family being yeah. a husband and a wife. Uh, this is the foundation of a culture. Uh, this is what God established before he established um, anything else, before there were schools, before there were uh, work uh, institutions, yeah. before there were government institutions, there was the home. And God created yeah. Adam and Eve. He made them husband and wife. He named them that, called them that. And then he, he gave them the responsibility of raising children in that environment. So in the environment of a husband and a wife, a man and a woman, a father and a mother, this is where children were to be raised. Mm -hmm. This is where faith was to be taught. This is where values were lived out. This is where love was expressed. This is where covenant was kept. This is where the, the secure foundation of an entire world is built off of the home. And so this is where protection occurs. This is where training occurs. All in this context of relationship, this mirrors the heart of God and this what sets a pattern for a culture. So God establishes that and he writes a commandment, the fifth commandment that says, thou shalt honor your father and mother. So Mm -hmm. here's a reflection again of the heart of God in law given that says, here is the real central piece of a culture. Maintain this at all costs. Yeah. Honor your mother and father, but honor the role of mother and father as well. Yep. Don't let this foundation be destroyed. Boy, we're seeing that today. We're seeing the very structure of the home under attack and no longer is the traditional model of a man and a woman and a husband and a wife for life. Yep really kind of the norm anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, anytime you remove God from any equation, any environment, whether it be government or education or medicine or the home, you begin to see a downfall. And we're seeing that today. So we should be looking for uh, governmental leaders that we vote for who support the foundation of uh, the family in in yeah. in this way and and looking to support parents in the process of training the children so that they have that responsibility For sure. uh, it, even education is is a responsibility of parents not the state yeah uh, education is the responsibility of the parents not necessarily even the church yeah it's the church's role to support parents in the process but we Family have to keep driving that back yeah. that uh, mom and dad you it's your responsibility so yeah. when you when you begin the education process Make sure you're choosing an institution, an organization, a process, whatever it is for you, that supports the ways of God and supports the freedoms you've been given as believers. Yeah. And if you're if you're involved in local school, uh, public schools, be involved. Uh, yeah. Serve on school boards. What we're yep. seeing we're seeing a, a rising. Uh, a a rising element today of parents who are standing up saying, I want to get onto my school board because I I want to attend a school board meeting. I want to see what goes on here and I want to bring change uh, into place. Absolutely. So uh, we look for, we look for candidates who support the values of the home being a husband and a wife, a mother and a dad. For sure. So uh, here's a, here's a thought then. So just, just because uh, let's say, just because someone would were to get elected that did stand for this, uh, you're not going to set any laws that says 
you can no longer have a divorce. And you're not going to set any laws that says uh, your family must get together. Right. That just because you elect people does not mean heart change. So the question is, why should we still choose to vote in those people if it's yeah. the heart that's the matter? Yeah. Well, those institutions are under attack today. And mm-hmm. the institution of the home, for example. Yeah. And there's so much being done to undermine the home, to take away the rights of parents, to mm-hmm. take away um, this idea of the sanctity of yeah. the home. It's so it's for that reason we put people in place. Mm-hmm. I can't force, government and law were never meant to force righteousness. The law sure. can't do that. Yeah. It's impossible. God said his own law can't do that. True. That's, that's why he sent his son yeah. so that our hearts might be redeemed to want to do right. So laws help protect, yeah. but only the gospel can bring about change. Yes. Yeah. Great answer. Good question. Love it. All right. Number four, uh, I'm also looking for candidates who value the rights and the freedom of the individual. Yeah. So <clears throat> when God gave the Ten Commandments, he gave them at a time when the children of Israel were coming out of bondage. So Exodus 20 says that God spoke these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. In other words, God freed his people from an oppressive governmental culture. Yeah, He brought them out. Yeah. He didn't leave them in it. They cried out to him and he freed them from an oppressive governmental system and gave them another governmental system in which he yep. would be God over them. And it was so that they would be freed from the oppression and brought in to freedom. And all of the commandments are the laws now for God's people in that time so that they would live as a nation differently than every other nation, that they might be an example of what it looks like to have God as their king, Mm -hmm. not oppression as their king. So one of the, the commandments, the second commandment, in fact, God gives is, you shall not make any graven image. You think, well, why why that? What's the yeah. what's the function of that law? Well, God knew that graven images were reflections of gods, and those graven images would become uh idols that they would look to and bow down to, and they they would become the people would become slaves to them. And that puts people right back in bondage. They had just come out of yeah. a land of bondage full of graven images that people bow down to. And here was God wanting to set them free from that. And so the very concepts of God and our doctrine are rooted in his desire for us to be free. Yeah. Not under our, uh, our own sin, our guilt, our shame, under oppressive uh, demands, but under a heart that is free to love him. So the very notion, the very concept, the very foundations of our faith are rooted in freedom. And by that, they are actually rooted in choice, the ability to make mm. a choice. So when God creates Adam and Eve, he puts them in a garden and he gives them a choice. And he sins, Adam sins. Uh, then God chooses by his power to mm. redeem. Yeah. 
them and chooses to redeem us. Uh, God invites us then to make a choice, to repent, to have faith, to love. And all of those require choice. Decision, yeah, absolutely. If you take away choice, then those stop being what they are. Mm -hmm. If someone is forced to uh, admire, respect, and give affection to someone, that's not love. It. No, that's no longer love. If no. someone is forced to believe, uh, bow down to something, that's not faith. That's not worship any longer. So the very violation of of someone's freedom removes the whole concept of what those items even mean to love and to obey and to uh, have faith. Those yeah. all carry with them freedom. And our nation was built on this this truth: the belief that. The individual has freedom and the power to choose. He has the freedom and power to choose where he lives, yeah. what job he's going to have, uh, how much he's going to work, mm-hmm. and uh, how much he's going to have in possessions. Those are all freedoms we have. Yeah. And so we should honor those, respect those. And even in our own land, we have the freedom to choose who will represent us in government. We should take that responsibility seriously and we should seek to put in place those who recognize the importance of freedom and and choosing so that I can choose to worship, have faith, believe, work, own, and encourage more freedom. It's good. Important truth. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. So uh, number five, I'm looking to support those who... Uh, support the biblical value of the right of the individual to work and own property. Boom. That's an important yeah. piece. Of, own something. Of who we are. Yeah, to, to possess what's been given to you, to hold it and protect it and have it and yeah. not fear that it's going to be taken away from you. Yeah. So when God is writing the commandments, the Ten Commandments, again, the 10th the commandment says you shall not covet you shouldn't look at what someone else has yeah. and desire it. So you're free to have something. I'm free to have something. But you don't want me looking at what you have, wishing I could take what you exactly. had, yeah. whatever it might be. And and I don't want you looking at what I have, wanting it, desiring mm-hmm. it, being angry at me for it. Exactly. Instead, there should be the freedom for the individual to mm-hmm. own and work and have what I have worked for. So, yeah. um, again, this covenant you shall not covet. Um, we we should be in a place where we possess what we have. We have freedom to do that. And we support and vote for those who support the right of individuals to have and to own. So that what I have is mine. I don't have to fear it being taken away from me mm-hmm. by the government for yeah. sure, but by anyone else. And I don't have to fear that what I have worked for, yeah. I'm going to lose because I'm being excessively taxed. For sure. Or that uh, I, I can't even start a business enterprise. I exactly. Can't, I can't move forward because there's so many excessive regulations that prohibit me from, from selling and buying. Mm-hmm. No, I, there should be freedom of the individual to, again, within responsible measures, there yeah. should be some guidelines and, and laws, but yeah. not restrictive laws that keep yeah. the individual from wanting to prosper and Absolutely. wanting to save yeah. and wanting to spend and wanting to create. Exactly. So 
Um, it shouldn't be that I, I fear that, but I get to exactly. possess what I have yeah. and own it and, and the freedom to have it if I want. For sure. So, and that's what I was going to say. Whenever there's not that, um, I, I own this, this is mine. Mm-hmm. Then there's this fear constantly that this could be taken away from me. Mm-hmm. Nothing that I have here is my own. <laughs> I can get picked up and moved out of here. If I yeah. don't own this place where I live, if I don't own this property that I'm yeah. on, if I don't, if I'm not secure in where I'm at and where I work or anything like that, right. you can be picked up and moved out of there. Then yeah. that's dangerous whenever you don't own. Yeah. And it produces a mindset and the culture of, of fear, like yeah. you're saying, uh, of control, cl- you know, clamping down. Yeah. That, there's no real life in that. If no. The whole culture is doing that. Exactly. A, a, a free culture knows their rights are, yeah. are guarded and protected. Whenever you say, this is my land, that is your land. I'm on my land, you're on yeah. your land. And the government supports that. Yes. We're, yeah. here, to, we're here to protect that for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. We will support you in that. If someone else tries to take what you have, mm-hmm. we're here to help. Uh, we're not here to be the enemy. You shouldn't live, especially in fear of yeah. the ones that you put in place exactly. over you. Yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of uh, American history. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. That point to that truth. Exactly. All right, number yep. six. Uh, I'm looking for those who support the biblical value uh, of the right to protect your possessions and freedom. This is very yeah. similar. There's the right to own, but then there's the right to protect yeah. my possessions Come and freedom. Now. So we know the eighth commandment mm-hmm. of the 10, God said, you shall not steal. So you can't take what someone else has. You, you, can't, you shouldn't covet it. You shouldn't desire it. You should instead work, create, pray, Yep. Come to it on your own. Yeah. Seek God and for him to provide what you have and what he has for you. Yeah. But don't take from me. Don't covet it, but sure don't take from me. So here God is laying the foundation for private ownership. Yeah. If the commandment says not to steal, that means you must have something and Mm -hmm. I must have something and I'm not supposed to take your something. Exactly. Don't steal. Don't take it without your freely given desire to give it to me. Absolutely. So uh, again, this commandment reinforces the importance of private ownership mm-hmm. and uh, the reality that there are consequences for the person who does steal. Yes. That, that there's something that happens to you that's detrimental mm-hmm. if you do take what doesn't belong to you. These are all important qualities in a free society. Yeah. So when it comes to modern laws today, uh, we could go down a lot of different paths, but we could talk about gun ownership, for example. Yeah. Uh, I recognize that there should be some restrictions on who can possess mm-hmm. weapons, but the laws should lean in the favor of those who live responsibly. Yes. And not in the favor of those who live irresponsibly. Mm-hmm. It should be toward the freedom of the individual to own and possess and protect what he has. Yes. That's the reason police departments are put in place mm-hmm. to protect and serve those who own so that they can freely live without fear of someone coming Absolutely. to take their stuff. And um, if someone does, then there's protection for that person. There's yes. consequences for that person. <clears throat> That's right. Uh, even freedom on multiple levels, even medical freedom, so that I have the ability to choose my level of medical Mm -hmm. involvement. I'm not told by uh, a governmental power what health options I should take, you know, what medicines I should take, what 
vaccines I should have. Those are all yeah. things that I, the individual should have the freedom to Absolutely. pursue, yeah. um, but not be mandated yeah. from the government side. I'm looking personally exactly. for that kind of exactly. uh, candidate who supports the, the rights of the individual yeah. uh, to possess yeah. and to protect mm-hmm. what they have. This is the basis for a, a free society. For sure, because that's, you know, even in the medical freedom area, that's not exactly that they're stealing something from you physically, but it's a, it's a thievery of freedom, essentially. It is yeah, exactly. what... what is yours to be able to give, which is your choice, your decision is mm-hmm. being taken from you and they're forcing you to then do this. And so yeah. that's where, again, it's important for us to vote in people who protect possession of freedom and possession of our <clears throat> own property. Yeah, I, I'm all for medicine. I'm all yeah. for uh, medicine that helps individuals. Absolutely. But I'm also all for the right of the individual to choose the medicine yes. or, or not. They should have the choice. <laughs> Someone should have the choice if they are dying to choose, I want help or I don't want help. Yeah. They right. should not be forced to go one way or another because someone says mm-hmm. you have to. Yeah, the rights of the individual are important. Absolutely. They're, they're key. They're, that, it's not just a... It's not just a governmental uh, principle or a political issue. Yes. It's a it's a it's God a principle. It's a it's a <laughs> right. It's a it's a you're born with it. Yeah, it, it, and God God gave it's it to God us. He given, created us yes, with it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, number seven. I'm looking for those who support the biblical value of justice based on truth. Yes. Now, who would have thought we'd have ever have to even have this discussion? What? What other kind of justice is there? Yeah. Well, today we're finding out there's apparently a lot of different versions yeah. of justice out there. Uh, there's justice that is called social justice. Mm-hmm. There's justice that's based on equity, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily equality. Yeah. Uh, it used to be that justice was considered blind, but that's all changed today with yeah. social justice and critical race theory yeah. and so many other new philosophies that have arisen. Now, justice and rights and freedoms are granted to people yeah. based on their economic status, yeah. their race, their gender, their gender choice, their religion. And so some people based on that are receiving more freedoms yeah. and some people are receiving greater justice uh, consequences in their yeah. life. Not because of the singleness of their circumstance yeah. or what they did, crime, anything, but, yeah. But they are looked at first to see, well, let's see what gender they are, what yes. age they are, what race they are, what economic, what economic status they yeah. are, and now you base a decision what they would say on equity, equity yeah. what is fair based yeah. on the cultural mandate of the moment, exactly. And yeah. then, then a decision is made. Yeah. That's dangerous. Yeah. You just eroded the very foundation of the, the culture. Truth of actual equality. Equity is looking <clears throat> to give people an equal outcome, but really it's giving people all different starts. Whereas equality yeah. is to give everyone <clears throat> the same start. Let everyone start at the baseline where equity is, oh, you fall under this category, category, category. Well, you'll start up here. Now y'all both can go, oh, look, right. you're higher up, you're lower <clears throat> down. Right. The Bible's clear. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah. That's across the board. Yeah. And all who come to Jesus can be redeemed. Mm-hmm. And in Christ, there is no race in particular anymore. Yes. There is no race. There is no background of 
uh, of even gender preference yeah. or or national preference. You become one in Christ. Yeah. This is the principle, and God's yeah. very careful about even justice. Yes. Uh, Leviticus 19, uh, God says, You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty. In mm-hmm. righteousness, you shall judge your neighbor. So don't have... Uh, Fairness scales. Yeah. Don't change the justice based on whether the person's poor or they're mighty. Don't show favor to one or harsher treatment to another. Let justice be justice be based on truth. Yeah. Exactly. If murder happens, we do not, you do not look at any circumstance of race, gender, age, economic background, anything like that. If they're popular or if they're no, no name, it's equal judgment it's equal outcome you know like like it's very very clear throughout the bible time and time again god shows no partiality he shows no partiality he is not favoring one over the other Mm -hmm. we're all one in christ Mm -hmm. and he shows no partiality Mm -hmm. to the poor or to the rich right so i'm looking for candidates who are um who are going to support justice that's based on truth not changing variables of the social temperature in the moment. Yes. I'm right. sorry, did you read the commandment that went with that as well? The ninth I did not, thank you. Yeah, uh, the ninth commandment says, yeah. you shall not bear false witness. You know, what in the world does that have to do with yeah. this? It has a lot to do with it yeah. because God was establishing this truth, this commandment that said, let truth be truth. Don't speak and bear a false witness. Don't mm-hmm. say something about someone that's not accurate. Yeah. Don't change for the moment. Yeah, exactly. Don't change to fit what's comfortable or yeah. needed in the moment. Let yeah. truth be truth. Let justice yeah. be justice. Absolutely. Don't bear false witness. Yes, Ooh. for sure. Good stuff. Number eight. <clears throat> I'm looking for candidates who value the importance of hard work. The Bible affirms this. Mm-hmm. The fourth commandment says, you shall keep the Sabbath holy. That is a day of rest, a day that's sacred for worship. What does it have to do with hard work? Actually has a lot to do with it because this was one day given to Sabbath rest, Mm -hmm. which meant there were six other days given to hard work. Yeah. And in the Bible, we know that God worked and then he rested. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so rest is to follow work. So work means it should be valued. If you're going to have rest, then we need to value work. Work hard, and then rest comes. Um, our nation was built on the backs of people who worked hard, yeah. who sacrificed, yes. who, who labored long, and mm-hmm. had a dream and had a vision for uh, a land of freedom and opportunity and where they could worship God freely. And so today, you look at what has happened, it's, it's, it's been changed. Now, all of a sudden, those who do not work are being rewarded with income and rest while those who have worked hard are having their rest taken from them. They're not able to enjoy the fruit of their labor. You produce a real tension in a culture when this happened. When you you support laziness, when you uh, punish those who work hard, you remove the desire of either to Mm -hmm. do anything. Mm -hmm. The hard worker says, eh, 
I'm not doing it. Why work? Yeah. And then the lazy man says, yeah, I've been saying this all along. Why work? Yeah. And I'm getting paid for it. Exactly. <laughs> so you destroy the culture when that happens. The New Testament affirms this. Uh, if any man will not work, neither shall he eat. If he if he will not work, if he doesn't will say not if work. he can't work. You know, yeah. this is not for the person that is you know has you know whatever some kind of difficulty that keeps them from working. But and the person who is actively choosing, I will not work. Correct. I will choose myself over work. I will not yeah. put you know my energy forward. Yeah. Uh, to contribute to society, whatever you want to say, you know, right. that person shall not eat. Now, I recognize there are people who find themselves in situations where they cannot work. Yeah. Uh, it's not an issue of their will. It's yeah. more of an issue of their ability. Mm-hmm. And so there should be compassionate measures taken, mm-hmm. can even be through governmental processes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think here's the thing is, again, there should, this should all come from the, foundation of, of freedom and de- and yes. desire to do right. And so, yes, people should be cared for that cannot care for themselves. But that should come from a place really of desire to give, not forced taking. Yes. And so when, when anyone starts forced taking, you remove the incentive to want to work or to want to help. Absolutely. So again, it means there probably needs to be some, or there does need to be some restructuring of what's happening mm-hmm. in our land today. That's why I'm looking for candidates who exactly. support the importance of hard work, yes. who encourage good pay for those mm-hmm. who do well, good pay yes. for those who want to start businesses, yes. good pay for those who are successful and do well and reward yeah. for that, not punishing exactly. those who have achieved, exactly. but rewarding those so that they can yeah. reward others. Mm-hmm. Because whenever there's reward for hard work, you will actually find people wanting to work hard. Yeah. Whenever there's no reward, <clears throat> no one's going to work hard. Whenever there's reward for low paying jobs, just yeah. the same as for hard paying jobs, people will not go for the hardworking jobs. Exactly. And if you want to push a society into um, a bigger picture, a more uh, in-depth society, I would say you would want to reward the harder workers. You would want yeah. to reward the diligence so that they can... Yeah, you want to encourage innovation, yes, creativity, exactly. hard work. Yeah. Law should be passed that that incentivize that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and again, that that should <clears throat> go all the way down into the church and into the family as well. This yep. is a this Education. is a universal principle. If, yep. There is good hard work done that should be rewarded. Yep, yep, yeah. These are these are life principles we're yes. talking about here today. That, yes. that God has established. All right, number nine. Looking for candidates who value freedom to worship and speak <clears throat> into the culture. So mm. uh, the third commandment, uh, God says, "You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall not treat His name, His character, His words, His laws, His commandments." His his purposes. You shall not treat them as trivial. You shall not put them into the common, uh, into the common trivial parts of life. They should be respected. They should not become a byword. They certainly should never be attached to your anger and vile speech. Mm-hmm. That's so much what's happened today. Yeah. People love to attach the name of God to their 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 corruption and vile speech. Yeah. God was saying, honor honor my name, honor my purposes, honor mm-hmm. my word. Do not take it in vain. Do not take it lightly. So <clears throat> as for believers today, we should not 
take the name of the Lord so lightly that we don't even discuss it anymore. It's become so uh, minor for many that believers just, they don't include it in the conversation anymore. They don't want to bring it up for a fear of <clears throat> offending someone. Yeah, maybe awkward or whatever. Yeah, you and know. so when you do so, you to me, you're taking it in vain. You're taking it as something that's not important, mm-hmm. not sacred, yep. not essential. Yep. I can choose when to speak, when not to speak. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to affect me negatively, I choose not to. Yeah. So as the church, we're called to be a people whose speech is seasoned with grace, the New Testament mm-hmm. says. We're called to uh, be the salt, to be the light of the world. Yeah. Um, Jesus said you're to go into the nations, which means you have to go, or we're called to go into the aspects of the culture, yeah. go into homes, go into schools, go into businesses, go in there and make disciples, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded, is what yep. Jesus said. So we should not take that lightly. We should mm-hmm. not take the name, the gospel, the vision of the Lord in vain. Um, this is a freedom we must hold on to. And so uh, there are those who would want to restrict free speech in our day. There are those who would want to um, support restrictions, even in regard to social platforms, the internet, as to who gets a voice, who doesn't, which, which platforms are promoted, which platforms are not. Those are all dangerous aspects yeah. to a society. There must be the freedom of speech. Yeah, absolutely. And not the church being silenced, yeah. not the church being limited or Christians being limited, but the, the ability to speak truth and speak freedom. So I'm looking yeah. for those who support that kind of freedom within the culture. Absolutely. Again, and this is just a basic human right is to be able to speak and to be able to uh, portray what's in their mind to someone else that should not be something that is, uh, that'll get you locked up just for saying words. Right. You know, it's true. Our last one today, number 10, uh, I'm looking for candidates who value what the Bible values as the freedom to worship. Uh, the first commandment that God gave to his people was, you shall have no other gods before me. Jesus, or, or God knew in that moment that the other gods that they had experienced mm-hmm. in Egypt mm-hmm. were all oppressive gods mm-hmm. who kept them in slavery. Yeah. It was a cultural theme. Yeah. The gods enslaved and the ruling class enslaved, mm-hmm. and here they were, the slaves. Yeah. And God says, I'm going to deliver you from that. I don't want you to have any other gods before me because I am, I'm here to give you life. I'm here to free you. And if you go back to the gods of Egypt, if you go back to having other gods, all they will do is enslave you. You will make yeah. yourself a slave to them because no other god apart from the one true god can give life and freedom. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus establishes the church, he does so as uh, an entity that is called to gather. And so we should support the freedom of the church to worship and to gather. Uh, the church is to gather for worship. The church is to gather to baptize. The church is to gather for communion. Yep. The church is to gather for teaching. The church is to gather for training. The church is to gather and yep. send send disciples into the world to make more disciples. Yep. And so 
we must maintain that freedom. The church should not be limited by government mandates and restrictions. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for those who uh, I can support that will support freedom of worship, not restriction of the government as we experience through the whole COVID exactly. season. Exactly. Um, history tells us that anytime government has become larger, freedoms have become smaller. Yep. And so we must maintain and fight for the freedom of the church to worship and express its faith. It goes all back to this this very foundational principle, again, of freedom, freedom to worship. And this is why Jesus came, so that we might be free. Freedom to express our love to him. Free to express the life he's given to us. Free to live out what he has called us to. This is life that we have been given in him. So when we vote, we should vote based on commandments like these, truths Mm -hmm. like these that are consistent. I don't vote based on personalities. I don't vote based on, um, you know, likability necessarily, you know, looks, appearance, all that kind of stuff. It should be based on principle and truth. And so um, I hope it's been helpful for you today. I'm sure uh, as a believer, you're concerned about what's happening in our world today. Our goal should be to align ourselves with God's word. Uh, He's promised if we will seek first the kingdom, then all things will be added. He's promised if we trust in him with all of our heart, lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledge him, Mm -hmm. including voting, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that he will make our path straight. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm, I'm voting based on faith and I'm voting out of faith because God has called us to this. I'm believing he will bring about what he will bring about in his time. I have one responsibility at this time in this day, and I will take it seriously and I will do what God has called me to do. Absolutely. So, uh, I was going to say just one more thing. If this podcast has been interesting to you and you probably think, wow, these people really like America. These people (laughs) really are Christians. You should check out our podcast about Christian nationalism. Is Christian nationalism biblical with Dr. Jeffrey Seif? Yeah. It's really, really good. It's good. Just say, yeah. check it out. Yeah. So thanks for being with us. Uh, come check us out at Vertical Church Ovilla sometime. We'd love to see you in person. And uh, it's our prayer that you will experience the fullness of what Jesus has for you. You can walk in that freedom, walk in the life that he has for you. And you can join us as we lift him up and live him out.